This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. I just love this house and uh, I want to honor you guys. Uh, it just feels like home. Um, it feels like there's an open heaven. Almost, if I can put it like that, um, the Lord is in this place. He truly, truly is. And uh, I want to remind you guys also that you live in a beautiful place. Right? It is beautiful. You've got the ocean, right? the foresty. I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's my first time in East London. So it is really, really awesome. And uh, Andre and Sonic, I want to honor you guys. Um, yes, do you guys know you have amazing leaders in them? Just your passion for Jesus is contagious, really. So thank you so much. And I want to thank this house. You guys came to bless us. Um, when was it? Last year in the w- May. I'm not a very detailed person. Last year sometime, May, June, yeah, that there about. And you guys really blessed us so much. Uh, so thank you for sending the team. We are still reaping fruit from when you guys came. You, uh, they came. The Lord gave us a prophetic word through the team that you sent. That is, we are starting to see fruit of that right now. Uh, it's a word that has been giving us direction. So uh, I just want to thank you and, and, and encourage you guys that when a team goes, I know it's not only the team that went, but you guys came. You sent them. You supported them. So thank you so much for, for what you have deposited in, uh, in our congregation in Wellington. Um, I put up a, a photo of my family. I just want to introduce them to you. Um, that's my wife, Frankie. And on the left is Joshua. And uh, it's John. Uh, um, it's a small one. It's actually his birthday today. Yes, I must confess, I had like a father fail because this weekend I just missed the date. So we told him he, his birthday is on Friday. <laughs> and um, yeah, anyway, so just... Just pray for me, and uh, I'm very, very bad at remembering dates. Like, in the first two years of our marriage, we missed, luckily, Frankie also missed, we missed our wedding anniversary. We just, a week after it, we were like, didn't we get married last year, this time? So, she loves me the way I am, and uh, I'm growing in that. I'm growing. Sonica laid hands on me, so I'm going to remember these dates. I'm going to do well in this, but uh, this is my family. And um, I'm, just, I'm just so overwhelmed by God's goodness in our family. Um, and uh, we've seen him move uh, in, in various ways and in, in magnificent ways in, in, in our family. Just a few testimonies of uh, Joshua when Joshua was, uh, was born. Uh, um, you know when you go for that detailed scan <clears throat> and on 28 weeks he was uh, diagnosed with severe club feet. So his feet wasn't just turned like this, it was, I think they call it bilateral, I don't know if there's a doctor, but it was turned like this and, and inside, and um, <clears throat> we, uh, you know, you, you, I just have so appreciation when you get a child born that is just healthy, and, and health is such a, a big blessing from the Lord, and we just went through this, this phase where, where yes, we were seeing doctors, and we had to go for operations um, soon after the birth, and seeing people that has kids with uh, club feet, and they're just preparing us for this, and and um, and and when we got the 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 report from the doctor while we were driving home, you know that awkward silence in the car, and we just 
me and my wife were just quiet, and something didn't sit right with me concerning this, uh, this report. And I just told them, I, I cannot receive this. I don't know why. I just, this doesn't sit right. And uh, we started praying for him, and when he was born, he came out perfect. Nothing, nothing wrong with his feet. It was, the doctor couldn't, she didn't want to believe us, so she asked us to come in again and bring him, because she wants to see his feet, that it is. And she was standing there touching, twisting his feet, and she was just saying, this can't be, this can't be. So she took all the photos that she uh, took during the, the scan, and she emailed it to all her colleagues in the whole Western Cape. All the specialists that she knows that's in her field and, that, and asking them, what do you say this is? And they all came back with the same report. This is bilateral club feet and severe bilateral club feet. And she told me she can't understand this. And I told her, but Jesus did it. And she was struggling with that. But Jesus healed his feet. <laughs> my wife, three years ago, uh, um, she was diagnosed with uh, uh, malignant uh, cancerous, malignant growth in her leg. Um, she, she's a woman of faith. My whole life fell apart. Like I was just crying all the time, and she was just, I'm going to live for Jesus until I die. And if it's now, it's now. And when it's later, it's later. And I was like, how can you, <laughs> how can you live like that? And man, God just touched her, and uh, the, 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 the growth wasn't, but it's quite aardig. It, it was malignant, but it was contained in some other way. It was called a mixum. This is, you normally find it in your heart, but this thing was in a leg. And um, it was contained to the point that they could remove the whole thing. And um, so she's cancer-free. And, um, and that is just I'm, just, so, I'm just so overwhelmed by God's goodness. Isn't it? Right? My wife is amazing. I don't know if I should... Okay, let, let, one more story about the little one. Uh, John... Frankie, my wife, this is for the woman, the lady. She trusted the Lord to give birth without pain. Just to stretch you a little bit. That was a weird concept for me. I'm just eternally thankful that I am a man. But bless the ladies. Like, I think we wouldn't have, you, got, you are strong. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know why the kids always come in the evenings, right? We had a bra. I was just getting in bed. I was like, I'm going to sleep so good now. I'm so tired. And uh, my wife says, but she's feeling uncomfortable. And uh, um, I asked her, so uh, how, what is the intervals of this uncomfort, this, uh, what are you experiencing? And, uh, um, and she said, no, every five minutes. And my dad's a doctor, so I phoned him. He's like, no, get, get to the hospital as soon as possible. So we got in the car and uh, drove through to the hospital. It was, we got the hospital uh, 11.30. I was still filling in the forms and they phoned. They said, man, you must run, otherwise you're going to miss the birth of your child. And I was going for it down the hallway with a gynae short on my heels, running in. And, um, and yeah, it was 12, 11.30 we got into the hospital, 11.44 he was born, and she gave birth without pain. She gave birth without pain. Jesus can do far more <laughs> what we can think or, or even perceive, right? Amen? Isn't that good? Yes, he, he is so good. But this is my this is my family, and uh, I love them dearly. And um, please don't tell anybody I forgot my boy's birthday. Please, just ask you that. <laughs> Show me some love, and mercy, and grace.
Right, I want to I pick up this morning, I think, uh, I believe I have a word for, for this house, and, uh, and I want to share it with you this morning. So I want to encourage you to listen to what the Lord is wanting to tell you, okay? Listen to His voice, uh, what He is wanting to tell you through the Scriptures. And I'm going to pick up on the series that you've been doing, Spirit Lead Me. And, um, <clears throat> you know, if you, our makeup as people... You, we all know we are body, soul, right, and spirit. That's our makeup. Right now, I've seen in church that we do well looking after our spirits. We read the Bible, right, we pray, we worship, and we do that well. We make sure our spirit is nourished and doing well. And we do well looking after our bodies. We eat and uh, we exercise and we go on holiday and we sleep and we rest and uh, we do these things. So we look after our bodies quite well. But this middle part, this soul part that we are, I don't know about you, but I don't spend a lot of time looking after my soul, thinking about what I am thinking about, Um, thinking about what am I feeling and why I'm feeling this, Uh, standing back and looking at the choices that I am making and what is the effect of those choices that I am am making. Okay, so I just have this sense that when the Spirit can lead me well in my soul, I will truly see the manifestation um, in the flesh. I've got a a friend that's a biblical, he's a a counselor, a pastoral counselor, and they've got a school, I think it's called Philadelphia, where they train pastoral counselors. And he said something interesting to me the other day. He said, people think we live our lives in our bodies. But he said, we really don't. We live our lives in our soul. What you feel, what you think, right? What you choose, this is your life. This is only a vehicle that brings those emotions, those choices, those things to the forefront and make it seen, Right? Does that make sense to you? Okay, so we are trusting the Lord, and what I'm going to get at this morning is that, the Lord, that we trust this Holy Spirit to lead us well in our soul so that we may see the manifestation of the kingdom where we, where we live with our eyes. Your soul is almost, your heart and your soul is this place. Uh, you know the, the book that Joyce Meyer wrote, The Battlefield of the Mind, right? And uh, this is truly the place of tension, that is the place where, where the body and the physical and the flesh uh, um, cry out. And on this side we have the spirit and they're contending. And the place of victory is in that soul place. This is the place where you're going to choose. Am I going to look at the circumstances? We sang about the mountains. Am I going to look at this mountain and let this mount, mountain counsel me? Or am I going to look at the word of God and look at Christ and look into his eyes and let him counsel me? So the choice of faith is made in this area of our, of our soul. This is the area where we must choose. Am I going to listen to the lies that my physical ears hear? Or am I going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to listen to truth. And what am I going to do with that? Amen? At the, at the, at the very least, this, your, your soul is almost this gateway, if I can use that word, between your spirit and what this, the Lord is wanting to do in and through you and it is almost the gateway. It's the place where this must live and where this, we need the Spirit's leading to see manifestation of the kingdom, right? The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So if the Spirit can lead us, and it's amazing to me that two of those three things are emotions that we feel. It's weird to me. 
So if we can let, allow the Spirit to lead in our soul, we can see. Does that make sense? So we, this is the place where we take the unseen into the seen. Faith is seeing what I do not yet see. So it is taking that and bringing it to me, letting that impact my, my heart, letting it impact my emotions, my will, the choices that I make, and that has an outflow. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, so Matthew 12.35 says, A person produces good, good fruit out of the good stored out up inside of them. Now, if you are saved and a follower of Jesus Christ, who of you know He is good, right? So His Spirit is good, and His Spirit is inside of you. And if we allow the Spirit to lead us into our soul, we can bring forth these good, good things. For this reason, the Scripture says, guard your heart with all vigilance, because from it flows life. This is where life starts, right? And I don't know about you, but many times I, I, can, I can feel the pressure in my, in, my, in my soul area. I can feel it in my... And this is real to us, right? I don't know, I've, just, I've got this big problem. Then when I wash dishes, okay... Like 10 minutes in washing dishes, I find myself having a fight in my head with somebody that's not there. Is there anybody else that's got that problem, okay? So dishwashers, they are from Jesus. If you don't have one, get one. It is straight from heaven. It will, it will just, that is good for your spiritual growth to get a dishwasher. But I just, there's this sense that the, that, that the enemy attacks us in our minds. And, and when you have this fight, all of a sudden you find bitterness in your heart towards this person. And, um, and it just grows and grows and grows. And all of a sudden your heart starts getting cold and hot towards this person, right? Not, and you get blind to truth. You get deaf to hear the truth. You just, it's got this bad effect. So I want to trust the Lord that as Andre said, that this will be a year of miracles, that the Spirit will truly lead you in your soul, and that the Lord will do something today that will change the way you see, change the way you think, change the way you feel, change the way you perceive. Because the Lord that we serve can do far more than you can ask for or even perceive with your intellectual mind. And then when the Spirit starts leading in our soul, we start seeing differently, feeling differently, thinking differently, making different choices. Extending the boundaries of what we deem possible in the name of Jesus. Okay, does that make sense to you guys? Okay, so we're going to trust the Lord for that. And I'm going to be reading out of Romans 12. So you can open up your Bible. It's a, it's a very uh, um, uh, known piece of, of Scripture. And I love the book of Romans. It's basically divided into the, these two areas, right? In, in chapters 1 to 11, Paul is, is building a theological base for what he is about to say. And in, verse, in, and in chapter 12, um, this is the practical side of the book of Romans. Here he gets practical. Now, if you know, theology is of the utmost importance, and the practical outflow of that is quite important. There's a lot of things we fight for in life. It's either this or that. And a lot of stuff in life is this and that. Right? So it's good to have theology. You must have theology. It is what you believe. But if you only, if you leave it at only theology, it will only promote a barren intellectualism at the end of the day. Right? If you don't put this into practice, and I love what Andre is always encouraging us to step out, to take what you believe and 
put it into practice, bring it forth, right? There must be an outflow. And I, I just want to share a few thoughts on this change, this change between what I believe and bringing it into practice and what Paul points out, and I believe it can, can help us in moving forward and seeing great miracles in this, in this year. Okay, you guys, okay, we've got it on the board as well, but let's read it together and, um, and then we, uh, and, uh, then I'm going to share some few thoughts on this. I appeal to you, therefore. So, you know the rule when there's a therefore, you must ask why it is therefore, right? So this is building on the, on the previous, uh, um, points that Paul, uh, build up about the theology, the new life in Jesus Christ, that is our righteousness, that we're forgiven of sin. We don't live anymore according to the law, but according to the Spirit. This is the new life that we have in Christ Jesus. And he says, now, I appeal to you, therefore, because of this new life, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This word transformation or transform that we see there, it is used one other time in Scripture, and that is on the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus took up the disciples and he was totally transformed into glory before them. Can you remember that? Right? It was, that is the word that he's talking about here. The, the base of that word is the word metamorphosis. So the Lord is wanting to bring a change in us, a manifest change that his kingdom is not only known, but it is seen. It is seen. I think today in church I see many people that are, that's okay with knowing stuff, and I'm all for knowing something. But there must be the fruit, there must be the outflow of what you know. Amen? Amen. And don't be capped by your, by your intellectual understanding. Your spirit has a great capacity to receive more than what you can intellectually perceive. If you can bow to revelation and obey revelation, your mind will catch up sometime. Your mind will see things, and that is why we say, I can't believe. And we say that out of our intellectualism, <laughs> that I can't believe. So may your intellect See things, and that let your intellect say, I can't believe, but you, because of what you have done, because you have yielded your intellect to the, to the spiritual understanding of what the Spirit brings, and you obeyed that, and the Lord does far more. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay. So, uh, um, so Jesus, when he speaks about this transformation, is not only speaking about an external transformation, because, listen, there's going to be a day when we all shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. There's going to be that day. That's going to be a glorious day when we go to Jesus, right? But for on this side of eternity, for each one of us, this is a transformation. This is a kingdom that is upside down and it is inside out. This kingdom that Jesus is bringing to us. So this that Jesus is speaking to us in is an internal change, a change of your mind, a change of your your emotions, a change of the way you think and what you perceive. It's an internal change, a change of your heart. And Jesus is saying in the Scripture that if we want to see that change, and I want to see that change. Guys, I have so much change that still needs to happen in my own life. He says this. This is the key. Renew your mind. Okay? If you want to see this transformation, 
of the kingdom inside of your life renew your mind. So what he's essentially saying is if you want to break free from worldly patterns, really be changed, be authentic in the fruit of your life, right? Real peace, real joy, real righteousness. It's real. It's not made up, right? If you want that, if you want to get free from a duty-driven, condemning Christianity, do this. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. I just want to say before I go on here, I, you know one of the one things I love about this house is your authenticity. And there's an openness here that I really love. And I believe that John Andrew said something. He said, God cannot change the person you are pretending to be. No. God cannot change the person you are pretending to be. And I love this house because I, and, I, and I love your hearts because uh, it feels authentic. It feels there's love here. You can come as you are. And when you can come as you are, God can do a whole lot. <laughs> God can do a whole lot with a broken person that is vulnerable and say, Lord, this is me. Take me. But he struggles with the people that pretend. He struggles with them. Right, so Jesus is calling us for this renewal, and why? Why? Why must my mind be renewed? Now, there's one other scripture that Paul parallels with Romans 12, verse 2, and that is found in Ephesians 4, 23, where he says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, I struggle to understand this. How can your mind have a spirit? And what is he trying to say here? What he's trying to say is that your mind, you have a mindset. You have a way of doing stuff, right? Your mind isn't only a computer that receives information, processes it, and gives an output, right? If that was so, we, then education would have solved a lot of problems for us, okay? Education will then have stopped terrorism and dictatorships, but uh, now we only have clever terrorists and clever dictators, okay? I'm all for education. All I'm saying is that this doesn't solve the human problem. Okay, education is great, but it doesn't solve. We have got, we've got a way, we've got a mindset, we've, we are, have a bent on doing things in a certain way. And the issue with that is it has fallen. It has fallen. We've got a fallen mind, right? Got a fallen way of doing things, right? A fallen way. And um, in Romans, in the beginning of Romans, Paul points this out. He says, listen, what you have done is you have exchanged the image of an immortal God for the image of mortal man. And now God has given you over to a debased mind. So the issue of sin runs deep in our soul area. Right? My dad's a doctor and he's saying that uh, there's, they are seeing in the medical field the amount of sicknesses created by wrong thinking. He says he, he sees at least 10 people a week coming in that's got pain in their bodies and they can't understand where it comes from. And he, and he, uh, um, he can't find an answer for the problem as well. There's nothing physically wrong with him. And he gives them something for anxiety and the pain leaves them. 20 minutes and, they, and they're out and they're gone. The pain is gone. But I think we're living in an age where we are so connected and we're not looking after our soul that we're seeing a manifestation of fear 
And the world is looking for people that is a true peace, in true joy, in true righteousness, knowing that there is true freedom, that Christ came to set the captives free. Right? And that entails the whole body of the person, the mind, the soul, the emotions, everything of it. But the Lord is wanting to renew the spirit of our minds. Amen? So that we do not exchange the image of an immortal God for the image of mortal man. And this is the issue of our day. It's narcissism. When we look into the mirror, we tend to worship what we see in that mirror. We look after ourselves. We want to protect ourselves. Right? Or is it only me? At least one. We've got one other one. That's, but we, we, we just have this bent. We have this way of just looking after ourselves. The selfish way of doing things. And, um, and it's in contradiction with what God wants us to do. Okay? And because, and, and this is interesting for me. Can we get the Romans 12 scripture on again? Because in sin, when sin came, because of sin, we have exchanged the image of a mortal God for the image of a mortal man. So when we want to step into practice, Paul addresses that in the very first verse, and he says, for this reason, if you want this renewal and transformation, you better bring your body. You better bring your name. You bring your reputation. And you bring that to the altar. Before... There isn't this exchange where you, again, exchange your image for the image of Christ. This renewal is going to be very difficult. This renewal is going to be very difficult. Jesus is only looking for a clay jar. Listen, what are we being transformed into? From one degree of glory to a next, into the image of Christ. Listen, if you don't bring your image to the altar, to sacrifice. The image of Christ will not be seen through your image. It is an exchange of bringing the image of mortal man to the altar and saying, Lord, I'm laying down what I look like and who I am for to take on a new nature, to take on a new image. And that image is the image of Jesus Christ. This is why he said he came to set us free, a new mind. And guess what? He said, we now have the what of Christ. The mind of Christ to think correctly about this. There's other scriptures that point out to the same problem. Uh, um, in 1 Peter 1 verse 13 to 16, it says, prepare your minds for action. So Shofar is London, I want to say to you, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for a year of miracles. Prepare your minds for the manifestation of the kingdom of God in you and also through you. Okay? And he says in verse 14, he says, uh, um, As obedient children, do not be conformed again to the passions of your former ignorance. There's an ignorant way in us. Uh Like it comes out every now and again. And this is why we need renewal, especially of our mind, the way we think, the way we do. Right? There's a way that the Lord is wanting to change in us. There's His way that He wants to cultivate in us. But if we can't bring our bodies as a living sacrifice, we're not, in, not allowing Him to do this in us and through us. And you know what I'm speaking about. You know the sleepless nights of anxiety. 
You know when, when you must meet deadlines and you see there's not enough time. You know about anxiety revving up in your mind about how am I going to pay the bills, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do that. And guys, I don't know about you, but that does not have kingdom fruit in it. And I'm speaking out of my life, right? I'm speaking out of my life. That doesn't have kingdom th- fruit. So, we, so what I'm saying is that if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and saying, Lord, yes, I'm seeing this. And is this a real problem? Yes. Do you know faith isn't afraid of a mountain in front of you? We're not those Christians that put our heads in the sand and say, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. Not a mountain in front of me. Listen, there's a mountain in front of you. It's the same with healing. People, you know, if you're not healed, you're not healed. Just say, I'm not healed, but I'm trusting for this healing and I'm not going to back down for this healing. You hear what I'm saying? Not that, not that I'm seeing a problem, but I'm denying the problem. Faith isn't afraid of your problem. Amen? Okay? So there's a renewal that the Lord is wanting to, 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 to bring to us. And um, if we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice, we come to the Lord for an exchange. Say, Lord, I exchange the, the image of mortal man for the image of the, the living God, for Christ Himself. So how do we do this? How does this happen? I'm going to give you a few pointers. When in Romans 12, when he says, be renewed in the spirit of, uh, be renewed in your mind, that word renewed, we see it used once, uh, one other time in scripture, and that is in Titus 3 5. I'm going to read this for you. He says, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, um, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So, who does this renewal? The Holy Spirit. It is only the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that touches our eyes to see and to behold. And as we behold, we are changed from one degree of glory to the next. Not in my image, but into the image of Jesus Christ. Isn't this what we live for? So that the image of Christ may be seen. Isn't this what we're trusting the Lord for? That when He, when, when somebody meets you, they meet Jesus in a sense. They have an encounter with Jesus. There's just something different in the way we think. There's something different in the way we make choices because we allow the Spirit to lead us there. The sons of God are led by the Spirit. They're led by the Spirit in their mind, in their emotions, right? Now, I'm not saying if you feel something bad, you must just deny that. But bring that to Jesus. Say, Lord, this is going on. I want to trust you. I just came out of a week of that. That is like tiring, right? I just couldn't back down. Just couldn't back down. And the Lord came through for me. So there's a renewal that the Holy Spirit brings. And there's almost a double work that He does. Okay? So I'm going to, if, if you want your mind to be changed, your soul to be healthy, sandwich it. Okay? There's a work that the Holy Spirit does from the outside in and a work from the inside out. Okay? So just a f- few pointers. Fill your mind with truth. From the outside in. His work from the outside in. Fill your mind with truth. Okay? Listen to sermons. Got great sermons. Right? Worship the Lord. Read scripture. Fill your mind with truth. Because the issue in 2 Corinthians 4.4, he says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. There's a reason why people can't see. It's because what their minds are full, filled with. Fill your mind with truth. 
Fill your mind with a with, with the truth that Jesus is possible to do far more than you can ask or think. Fill it with that. Let that live in your intellect. Let it live in your mind. Okay? And then from the inside out, there's a work that needs to be done. James says that if we in humility can receive the implanted word of God, right? It, is, it has the power to save our souls. Pray. You pray and you pray and you pray that the Lord will enlighten the eyes of your understanding through the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You pray for this. You ask this. Say, Lord, you fill my heart. You enlighten my eyes. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon me, to be in me. And what happens then? If you've got good seed, the seed of the kingdom, and you've got good soil, what happens in the parable of the sower? You get a harvest. 30 times, 60 times, even 100 times of what you have sown. The Lord is able to do far more than you can think or perceive or even ask Him to do. If you can humbly come before Him and say, Lord, I bend my knee to this Word. Do I understand everything in this Word? No, I don't understand everything in this Word, but I'm okay with that. We should stop bringing Jesus into, our, into the boundaries of our own understanding. He's... he's Hij is groter as dit. Amen? Hij is groter as dit. So bow your knee, bow your understanding to this word and receive it into your, into your heart and pray, 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 pray. So sandwich your soul with truth from the outside and prayer and saturation and receive that word in the inside and let the Spirit lead you. When the thoughts come up, you stop and say, Lord, is this from you or not? What is truth in this situation? And we're trusting the Lord that I don't know about your lives, but our lives are busy. And busyness is this evil enemy that that, that, uh, um, keeps us from stopping and thinking and stopping and perceiving what is happening um, around us. What is happening around us? So you pray. You know, when you, a new way of thinking prepares you to walk in a new way. And I just have the sense that this house has been called to more. I've got a sense that this house is called to reflect the image of the living God, the image of Christ Himself in this town. And if this house can do this, and the church of Jesus Christ in East London can do this, East London has got hope. I mean, we are all great people, but we, we didn't hang on a cross for anybody. We can't save anybody. So it's great that we give them love, but they need an encounter with the living Christ their Savior and their healer, their deliverer, the one that will be wisdom to them, the one that will be there in the late nights and the evenings, the one that will be there when they have to pay the bills, but the bank account doesn't say there's enough money. He's going to be there. He's going to be the one that saves them. We can get alongside them. So I have the sense in my heart that the Lord is wanting to bring an exchange this morning for some of us. Exchange for the image of the of mortal man for the, and exchange it for the image of the immortal God, Christ Himself. If this happens, the Lord gives water to the seed, and a transformation starts in your life, and you start looking, you start looking differently. A shadow can heal, a word can deliver, the kingdom inside of us going out because it's really alive in the inside of us. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.